0: Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge.
1: Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio.
0: Good morning. Good morning. It's 7-11. So, seven eleven, being not just a date on the calendar, but also a convenience store that developed something called a Slurpee. Today is National Slurpee Day. Um, and those of you who are on the text line this morning at 877-933-2484, some of you are reminding me it's also National Take a Picture of Your Pet Day or National Pet Photo Day. So, what I'm now looking for are pictures of your pets with a Slurpee, there you go. Or, or with your favorite fair food because it is also like State Fair Food Day. So, your pet in a picture with a Slurpee, or any food item on a stick. I feel like. I mean, you know, give your dog a corn dog and snap me a photo and send it over here 877-933-2484. You know, giving you something to do, little work product this morning. All right, a few um, headlines. I lift this up um, because not only do I think we should be praying for the firefighters involved in protecting uh, Yosemite's biggest grove of sequoias in the midst of the Washburn wildfire, um, but I think that we should talk about trees. So the Washburn wildfire is threatening um, hundreds of these ancient giants uh, in in Yosemite's um, biggest grove of sequoias. And so Going to be praying for firefighters there as they use um, sprinklers to keep the tree trunks moist. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to talk about trees, to talk about ancient trees. So I want you to think about the most ancient tree you know of. How about um, the tree of life? How about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? I don't know of any trees older than these trees. Um, And so I want to take us back to the beginning of Genesis and talk about trees. And then I want you to think about the oldest tree you know about that you have yet to get to live under in the midst of. And that's going to be the tree in Revelation 22, a tree planted by streams of living water, as discussed in Psalm 1. Trees. Creation and this. A boreal garden that he gave us to tend as his student, as his stewards. So, um, I want you to think about trees today. I want you to think about um, the reflections that we might offer um, about trees. I uh, I ran across a reflection from a woman who referred to the cross as her family tree. Now, certainly, the the cross is sometimes referred to as a tree, the tree upon which our Savior bled and died. Um, But this woman was talking about the cross as her family tree. She talked about the generations before her whose faith provided the limbs and the leaves and the shelter and the shadow for her faith to flourish and produce fruit of its own. I like that. I like that. I like the idea that the cross is a family tree. So if you were to think about your family tree and you were to use some of these trees of scripture as inspiration, is your family tree, when you look back over the course of generations, is your family tree a tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Is your family tree the tree of life? Is your family tree the withered fig? Is your family tree the vine and the branches producing ever more abundant fruit? Is your family tree the cross of Christ? It's an opportunity to consider and reflect and think today about trees. All right. We are going to, um, we're going to talk about doing what you can in the midst of the challenges that we find ourselves in today. Certainly, we've heard all of, um, all of the news about corporations across the country who are providing all kinds of quote unquote benefits to their employees related to accessing abortion, um, travel expenses, days off, on and on and on. Well, there's a company doing, something that is quite the opposite of that and we've invited Sean Turner from Buffer Insurance to come and tell us what he and his company are doing in support of life. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. So speak loud. You've heard uh, lots of companies across the country um, supporting access to abortion through the benefits uh, that their companies are now going to offer employees. Sean Turner, a president of Buffer Insurance, is doing something very different. Sean, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much, Carmen. All right. So who are you? What are you doing? What This is very exciting news that um, that isn't out there enough. So what, what is going on at Buffer Insurance?
1: Yeah, so we're a small company based in, in North Texas, and we sell health insurance and all sorts of other types of insurance. And uh, our company, when I was sitting down with my wife, actually, Sunday night, the the night after or the, the weekend after Roe v. Wade was overturned. And we just kept seeing company after company, all these large corporations, basically giving their employees an option to continue to have abortions either. Hey, here's $4,000 to go on a, a weekend trip to go have an abortion and see you back on Monday. And we thought, why aren't we making it easy for employees to have, it, like, it grow and expand their families? And so we basically came out with a couple of company policies saying we're going to pay for our employees' expenses to have a birth, we're going to offer maternity and paternity leave. Paternity leave, not in the sense that we believe men can get pregnant, but because we believe fathers should be supporting their families. Uh, And then thirdly, for those employees who want to expand their families through adoption, we'll be paying towards those expenses as well. So the whole idea was just to make it easy for employees to grow their families.
0: Okay, so this falls into my, this little light of mind category. This is like a a thousand points of light story because not everybody can come to work for buffer insurance, although now everybody might want to. Um, And so part of what you're trying to do is like spark um, or ignite the idea, inflame others to, to do the same or go and ask your employer, um, Hey, is this, is this an option for us? Could we offer this kind of benefit? Um, you know, through our company.
1: Yeah. And that's really our intent. I'll say just as a, as a funny joke that this is the fastest way to recruit pregnant women, <laughs> but uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, we, we, uh, we're, our intent is to activate other small, medium-sized companies to to do the same. And so a lot of times people say, well, shouldn't you have been doing this all along? And it's like, well, we're only four years old. And so you can't compare us to a, a big company that's been around for 100 years. And so uh, it, it, some like maternity leave may be a common policy with large corporations, but these others are not. And so... Uh, we just want to activate other other employers to do so. And we've actually created this specially prepared resource. It's a PDF document that shares how we're doing this and then pairs it with strategies to, to make employers' contributions the most uh, efficient uh, without wasting taxes and such.
0: Okay, where can people get that PDF?
1: Yeah, if they just go to BufferInsurance.com and then click on the contact us and fill out the form, it gets immediately sent sent to them. Uh, And and there's something that you could share with your employer if you're not a business owner, a business leader, uh, and you just start start opening the conversation.
0: Okay. I know my producer, Paul, is listening in. Paul, are you there? I'm here. Okay. Can you make sure that our friend um, Bill at Bibleandbusiness.com gets a copy of the PDF? Because he can help fan the flame of this, don't you think? Good idea. Good idea. Yeah. All right. That's be awesome. All right, we're talking with Sean Turner. He's the president of Buffer Insurance. You can find him and the PDF resource that we include encourage you to um, to check out and share with your employer or employers you know um, at bufferinsurance.com. We're looking to fan the flame of good pro life ideas and good pro life benefits um, in a time and day when there are lots of companies doing the reverse. So you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Continuing our conversation with Sean Turner, president of Buffer Insurance, and we're talking about pro-life strategies, guidelines for, um, for you as an employer or Um, guidelines that you might carry to an employer um, and encourage them to encourage people to not only have children, um, but maybe even to adopt children that others um, are now going to be having and hadn't planned on and, and don't count as wanted. And so we want every child to know that they are wanted and to be provided for. And that means that Christians in the culture are going to have to step up. We're going to have to be pro-life, not just prenatally, but we're going to have to be pro-life throughout life. And so, um, Sean, first of all, just thank you for your testimony and your witness in the midst of all of this. Um, again, we want to encourage folks to go to BufferInsurance.com if you want a copy of the PDF on the pro-life strategies guidelines. Um, Sean, what um, what responses have you been hearing? What kind of encouragement or pushback have you gotten?
1: You know, we've had an overwhelming amount of support—hundreds and thousands of emails and phone calls and social media inquiries. In fact, when we put this out on on Facebook and Instagram initially about a week ago, we normally get like 20 likes on our page. It's like the six of us here at the office, and then my mom, my dad, and some friends and family. <laughs> but this uh, this one post has gotten over a million engagements, and so uh, there's a there's a huge, overwhelming desire. Of, for people to want this in their workplace and see more people doing this. But now that that wave has passed, the trolls are starting to come out from underneath the rocks to, to kind of bash us and, and ruin our online reputation. But um, it's just for a personal story from firsthand, I know the stress of growing your own family. So with our first daughter, we had uh, no insurance and health insurance. And so we birthed her out of, pocket 100% cash. And it was scary. It was, uh, and I was back to work 48 hours after she was born. And so while that was my experience, I don't want that to be common with our employees.
0: Talk with us about um, uh, insurance in relationship to this. I mean, are there, do you see maybe an opportunity out there um, in terms of the development of a, of an insurance related product. I don't, I don't have anything in mind here. I'm kind of just like fishing and brainstorming. Um, And maybe it's not an insurance related product. Maybe it's something else, but have you, have you thought about, um, you know, in the sort of overall benefits conversation uh, how this conversation might grow across the country?
1: Yeah. In fact, there is actually one insurance product out there that even small companies as low as like five employees can take part of this and that's a short term disability. And so, a short-term disability is extremely inexpensive. It covers all sorts of different acts, accidents, illnesses, even even if you were to be out of work due to COVID. And so that actually covers maternity leave. And so employers can offer that to their employees and then that'll supplement their income, typically about 60% of their salary or their, their average income. And the employer, if they want to step up and do the other 40%, they can, or they can let that ride out. Uh, and then when the employee's out of, out of that benefit, then they can come back to work or continue to take off the other paid time off or other benefits employers offering.
0: So, how do you see employers cover the um, you know like the working gaps? Because so like somebody's going to take short term disability um, mm-hmm. to have a, a very a, probably extended maternity leave longer than the employer is um, is offering, um, and then does the does the company have a way to cover? the loss of that person being there. You see the challenge that I'm looking at here? Like if you're gonna cover the cost of somebody being out of um, out of your office, you still need their work to get done.
1: You're right, there's a, there's a lot of challenges. And so that's why it's easier for large corporations to offer these because they have so many redundancy of employees that they can spread the workload quite easily versus a small employer, they might have to plan in advance. And thankfully, when uh, a woman gets pregnant, the baby doesn't come immediately, so there's <laughs> at least nine months of kind of planning time that they can they can plan for. But uh, you're right; they they will have to maybe backfill temporary positions or hire other staff to fill while that while that woman's out of work, and then she may or may not come back to work. So there's really I, I tell people all the time: just communicate and over communicate the expectations uh, from both sides, and and don't leave any assumptions.
0: I will um, I will say that uh, one of the things that I am aware of, depending on the size of your employer, but you might have um, accumulated PTO, paid time off, that you're not going to use for one reason or another. Um, and maybe you have uh, a fellow employee who ends up with a crisis pregnancy of some kind, um, you know, a, a prenatal birth or a, a child born with special needs. And that individual is then going to need more paid time off than they have accumulated or that their employer has anticipated. Um, And so being able to grant or share your paid time off with another person, I think, is a pro-life strategy for those of us who are, you know, sort of past the age uh, during which God might send us a baby. Um, You know, we're not in that stage of life, but we do uh, have some accumulated paid time off that we might share with somebody who needs it.
1: Yeah, Carmen, that's a great concept. Um, I think it depends on the workplace because our workplace, and it sounds like yours too, is very much teamwork driven. And so there might be employees that would be willing to do that. But uh, this whole idea of being pro-life also just fits into the idea of being intentional about building your culture uh, at work and and making sure that workplace culture is intentional. Because even if it's not intentional, there's going to be some type of culture that arises and like, for example, right now, culture is saying that children are a burden. And we say, and the Bible says, that children are actually a blessing. They're not a hindrance. And so uh, there's a lot of stigmatisms that have grown because we haven't spoken up to be intentional about that culture.
0: Yeah, I um I appreciate um your worldview. I appreciate your bringing your worldview to bear and creating a culture in your workplace um, that is Uh, that is positive and pro-life. And I want to thank you so much for being with us today. I'm Sean Turner, president of Buffer Insurance. You can find Sean and the resources we're talking about today at BufferInsurance.com. Sean, what a blessing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carmen. Absolutely. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen Laburge, and this is Faith Radio. I'm so tempted to tell you it's time to bundle up. It's time to bundle up. But of course, if I if I suggest to you that it's time to bundle up, you're going to furrow your brow and you're going to think that, um, I don't know, I've lost my mind or I've moved to the Southern Hemisphere where it is winter. But no, it's summer and we want you to bundle up for summer with Faith Radio. That's right. Um, we've got a... Biggest book bundle giveaway ever going on this month. If you have not been to MyFaithRadio.com, then you're missing out because every week this month, we're giving away book bundles on a particular theme. So this week's theme is learn to serve, communicate and honor God with uh, with your marriage and in your family. So um, if you are interested in, That big book bundle. And the reason it has so many things in it is because there's a ton of books in the bundle that we're sending out this month. So, or this week. So, um, this week's theme, learn to serve, uh, learn to serve, communicate and honor God in your marriage and in your family is this week's bundle up for summer. Faith Radio's biggest book bundle giveaway ever. And you can um, enter that at myfaithradio.com. While you're there, I'm wondering if you would share your Faith Radio story. Everybody has one. I mean, you wouldn't be here if you didn't have a Faith Radio story. So um, how did Faith Radio become a part of your daily journey? Um, I'd love to hear that story. Share with us how God is using Faith Radio to encourage you. Um, How has it changed your life? How has it changed the conversations of the day? Um, What are you doing now that you weren't doing before? Something you've been inspired to start doing. Um, how has Faith Radio helped you grow in your walk of faith every day? You can share your Faith Radio story with us. We'd love to hear it at MyFaithRadio.com. And yes, for those of you texting in on the text line this morning, I love that. You can text me anything at 877-933-2484. Thank you for the pictures this morning of... Your pets, I recognize it is National Pet Photo Day. Um, We have already mentioned on this 7-Eleven that it's Slurpee Day. And someone texted in and said, hey, it's also National Rainier Cherry Day and National Blueberry Muffin Day. So for those of you um, thinking fruit today, let me encourage you from Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the spirit. Let's be producing this fruit in ever more abundant measure. The fruit of the spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. Let's be producing this kind of a fruit salad of the spirit today in our lives. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. And in just a moment, we're going to be talking with Rich Volotis um, about good, beautiful, and kind. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. He put
2: that hunger in your heart, he put that fire in your soul, his love is
0: the reason. Joining us now, Rich Flotus. You know him as a pastor, you know him as an author and a teacher. He's joining us today with his brand new book, Good and Beautiful and Kind, Becoming Whole in a Fractured World. Rich, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen.
2: Carmen, thanks so much for the invitation. It's uh, good to reconnect again.
0: Yeah, likewise. So, um, I will say that the little girl on your Twitter feed who already bought 200 copies and is sharing them with her friend. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty incredible. Um, pretty so cool. yeah. So, um, first of all, it's bright yellow, which I totally appreciate. It makes me happy just to look at good and beautiful and kind. Um, why do we need, why do we need a reminder and a reclamation? Um, of of not only these terms but these realities,
2: yeah. Because I think the world is tearing itself apart, and I think we're seeing that, especially the last couple of years. Uh, I like to think that we've been in a world that's been marked by what I call like a CPR world, and it's my acronym to explain a war- the convergence of various forces uh, that have added onto just the regular challenges we have. And so the CPR is uh, a world marked by COVID. Uh, political hostility, uh, racial tensions, the convergence of these three powers have caused about so much trouble in our world that we are longing for goodness, beauty, and kindness. And that that title came actually out of a poem from the African-American poet Langston Hughes. He wrote a poem called Tired. And uh, the t- the poem goes like this. He says, I am so tired of waiting, aren't you, for the world to become good and beautiful and kind. Let us take a knife and cut the world in two and see what worms are eating at the rind. And I think he names our longings as well as the invitation to look beneath the surface. But our world is tearing itself apart and longing for goodness, beauty and kindness.
0: OK, I think I'm going to slow down and read it a little more slowly. Would that be OK? <laughs> OK, yes. this is Langston Hughes and his poem, Tired, is a part of the inspiration for Rich Valotis' new book, Good and Beautiful and Kind, which, yes, we are giving away copies of today, so you can text the word book to 877 2484 Langston Hughes' poem, Tired, reads, I'm so tired of waiting, aren't you, for the world to become good and beautiful and kind Let us take a knife and cut the world in two and see what worms are eating at the rind. So, Rich, when you talk about the worms eating at the rind right now, COVID, political upheaval, discourse or division and racial tensions um, are among them. Um, I think there is a general fatigue when Langston Hughes Hughes talks about being tired of waiting. I think there's a fatigue and a longing um, that is produced um, by the things that eat away at us and drive us apart. And I think that is, I think that longing is placed there by God. Like this is not mm-hmm. what God wants for us, all of this division.
2: Absolutely. And I think the tiredness that we feel speaks to exactly what you're saying. God made us for goodness. God made us for kindness. God made us for beauty and for love, uh, for reconciliation, for justice. God made us for all these things And when we're not experiencing them, there is something of a fatigue of our souls because we were not made for the kind of fragmentation that we see in the world. And so ultimately, our fatigue points us to the deeper longings that we have for God.
0: So we talk about these deeper longings, we talk about that, which is good and beautiful and kind. Um, it's not hard for me to see Jesus, uh, in those words, it's not hard for me to see Jesus as the answer to, um, the dividing walls of hostility between us. He brings those down. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. I mean, in Christ, something has happened. And I think part of the way that we have to uh, understand our place in the world and what has happened in Christ is to redefine what we mean by the gospel. And, Uh, Something happened in Jesus Christ and his death and in his resurrection. And, you know, my take on the gospel is that the gospel is not simply this message that you die. When you die, you go to heaven. How wonderful is that? But that's not the complete gospel. The gospel is not simply forgiveness of sins. Uh, I, I, I rejoice every morning because of that. The gospel is the good news that the kingdom of God has come near in Jesus Christ and that in his life, death, resurrection and enthronement, the powers of sin and death no longer have the last word. And through this gospel, a new family out of the fractures is being established. This is what we see in Ephesians 2 with the dividing wall of hostility. This is what we see throughout the New Testament, that when Jesus came, he didn't just come to save individual souls. He came to rescue uh, an entire people. And I think that's the starting point for goodness, beauty and kindness and recognizing who we are called to be in the world. We're not just here to be. Uh, individual Christians, we're here to be uh, to recognize that we are the family of God, the people of God, and that the cross has secured that for us. Um, and so, to the degree that that becomes our vision of what Christ has done, uh, we will experience either wholeness or ongoing fracturedness within the church and outside of it.
0: I uh, I often think about the one who was whole, who was broken. In order that we who are broken might be made whole or the one who was in perfect union with God, um, right, was was broken and shattered Mm -hmm. that we who whose relationship was broken and shattered might be made one again, reunited with God, our father. We're talking about um, something that's only possible in Christ, Mm -hmm. but that makes it possible for Christians by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, But it's not like a once and done thing. It's not like um, I say, oh, I embrace this. I totally get that my goodness, kindness and beauty um, is, you know, that I long for um, has been stolen by sin and principalities and powers and trauma. um, And God uh, in Christ has fixed all of that. So I'm just going to embrace that. And then I'm just going to start, you know, fully living in that. There's a growth process here. Can you talk about growing in beauty and growing in goodness and growing in kindness?
2: Yeah, this is the life of formation, isn't it? This is the life of discipleship where I, I just wish I can wave my a magic wand and say, all right, you believe this intellectually, fantastic, everything's going to change. But uh, Christianity is not just about intellectual assent or theological affirmation. Christianity is about embodied life. It's about coming back to the uh, habits of prayer, the habits of self-examination, the habits of uh, becoming a calm presence in the world. And this is not gonna happen overnight. For example, um, in the second part of the book that I wrote, uh, I I do wanna talk how do we live into goodness, beauty, and kindness. And I don't know if there is a better way to, to start that process than by contemplative prayer. And what I mean by contemplative prayer is the simple sharing of presence with God that goes beyond um, seeing prayer as transactionalism, that I have to throw out uh, specific words and with a a specific passion and a specific order, uh, my laundry list to God, and then God responds. That's how we often experience and understand prayer. And I love intercession and petitionary prayer and all the rest. But contemplative prayer, what it does is it forms our souls to be with God, to train us to learn how to be with others. Uh, And so in the simple sharing of presence, you know, and what what scientists have done is they've recognized or discovered what theology has known all along, uh, that if we spend time with God in silence, in prayer and meditation, something changes in our brains. We're able to have greater capacity to be with others. We're able to have the uh, joy and peace uh, flow through our lives uh, more effectively. Uh, but I believe this is a long journey, but we have to start somewhere. And I think the, the beginning point, the starting point for followers of Christ uh, begins, number one, with a commitment to being with God in prayer.
0: We're talking with Rich Velotis. We're talking about his new book, Good and Beautiful and Kind, Becoming Whole in a Fractured World. If you're looking for it, it's bright yellow. You can't miss it. Um, If you're longing for it, you can text the word book to 877-933-2484 and enter the drawing for the copies we're giving away today. Um, Rich, I want you to talk about humility and I want you to talk about the cultivation of calm presence as well in terms of practices But let's do this. Let's talk about the interrelatedness of contemplative prayer, humility, and the cultivation of calm presence, because they're connected.
2: Yeah, very much so. And I think with humility, what I've tried to do with humility in this book is, uh, I I believe humility is the gateway virtue to all other virtues. And I'm not alone in that. There are many people who have said that for, for centuries. But humility is not simply about Uh, doing lowly things, uh, you know, and I think that's part of it, but what I'm trying to get at is that humility is about a lowering of our defenses, and when I think about Jesus saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, uh, I I think what he's getting at, and among among other things, besides just recognizing that I have, I need God, poverty of spirit, Poverty of spirit is a way of life in which there's nothing to prove, nothing to protect, nothing to possess. That my life is lived in radical um, dependence upon God, and there's nothing in myself that I'm trying to prove, protect, or possess. And I think that is the hallmark of humility, so that when I experience criticism, when I experience pushback, when I experience disagreement from someone... Most of the time when someone disagrees with us, and let me just speak in the eye, when someone disagrees with me, uh, it's, it's a hard time often for me to remain present with them. But if my life is marked by uh, prayer in God, and this is what happens when we pray, when we pray, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to us areas that God still wants to heal. Uh, humility becomes the outworking of that. Uh, the reminder that God wants to heal areas of my life uh, that I'm still trying to protect, areas of my life in which I'm still trying to prove myself or still trying to hold on into an identity uh, or a perceived identity that I want people to like me or what have you. And so uh, I think humility is about the lowering of my defenses. Um, my predecessor used to say that uh, one of the great signs of Christian maturity is Uh, recognizing the level of our offendability. (laughs) And uh, if we are really offendable, uh, it might be that there's some humility work that needs to take place. And this is connected to calm presence because in calm presence really comes when I talk about calm presence, I'm talking about uh, themes that come out of family systems theory in which how do I remain close to myself, close to God and close to you in times of high anxiety without cutting you off or being enmeshed into you. And I think all these things are interconnected and it comes down uh, if I could I, I mean I really could have named my book as well presence because at the end mm-hmm. of the day I think what we're trying to cultivate is presence with God, presence with others, presence with ourselves.
0: That's so good. That's so good. Substantially healed um relationships is the I think the same way that Francis Schaeffer described the same thing that that's what mm-hmm. That's what this redemptive process is all about, and then our redemptive presence in the world. We're talking with Pastor Rich Velotas. We're talking about his brand-new book, Good and Beautiful and Kind. You can enter the drawing for the copies we're giving away today. Simply text the word BOOK to 877-933-2484, and we'll be right back. talking with Rich Velotas, He's our brother in Christ. He is a husband. He's a dad. He's a pastor. He's an author. You can check in with him and find the resources we're talking about today, as well as connect with all of his social media at com. Today's topic, his brand new book, Good and Beautiful and Kind, Becoming Whole in a Fractured World. Yes, we have a handful of copies to give away. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Um, Rich, this book is a roadmap, um, going to help us get beyond uh, sort of the division and distraction that we are consumed by today and love like Jesus. But there's got to be a first step. So can you help us take the first step today into this good, beautiful and kind road?
2: Yeah, I think part of the first step is recognizing where are the points of fractures in our world and in our own lives uh, I think it's very easy to uh, look out into the world and see the problems. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's really easy to do. Uh, and 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 I think part of it is beginning to recognize and ask a very provocative question. How am I contributing to the fracturedness of the world? Uh, I think Jesus is renowned for asking good questions in the Gospels. And I think Jesus would have us ask questions of ourselves as well. I think the Holy Spirit is trying to get us to ask ourselves questions on a regular basis. And I think that's the starting point. I think to talk about humility, to talk about themes like sin, powers and principalities, at least that's what I've tried to do, Carmen. For example, uh, I wrote a chapter on powers and principalities. And what I'm trying to get at is that there are larger forces that our eyes cannot see that are at work, that's producing and contributing to the fragmentation in the world. And in my office at the church, I have a question that I've put on my whiteboard that says, how am I participating with these powers? Mm. Uh, these powers are marked by depersonalization, deception, uh, and division. And uh, how am I participating in these powers. And so it's very easy, I think, to begin saying, okay, I need to pray more. I need to be more humble. But I think the more provocative starting point question is, how am I contributing to the fractured world? And I think that's a very humble Christian uh, question to ask that can then set us on the next step, which is, okay, how can I become um, a participant with the Holy Spirit and bringing about the wholeness that the world needs?
0: Where am I giving real estate to um, thoughts, words or deeds that are depersonalizing, that are deceptive or that are divisive? Like, where am I giving them real estate in my mind through my mouth or on my social media and through the way that I treat other people? I think it's huge. Um, Our pastor yesterday in the middle of a sermon that was not about spiritual warfare asked this very provocative question. Like, are you like, do you get it? that the evil one is prowling around your life right now right now prowling around looking for a way in um like and and are you actively um engaged in spiritual warfare now that's not what the sermon was about but you know that was like this one very provocative question in the middle of the sermon and i thought to myself as i considered my own practices related to that um i wonder how many people actually know how to do that how, like are It's one thing to ask if we're actively engaged in it. It's another thing for people to be equipped to do it. I don't think we talk about spiritual warfare very much. And that's what you're talking about.
2: Without question. And, I, I think your pastor should. I don't think any pastor can go wrong if that's said every Sunday in the right, sermon.
0: Right, right. Uh, I love my pastor. Yeah,
2: yeah. But most folks don't have the theological imagination for that for numbers of reasons that we don't have time to go into. But I think you're. I think you're right. I think most folks don't know. Uh, again, and again, part of it is. I mean, I don't want to say this is the most important chapter, but it, I think part of it is the humility piece to recognize that the fractures we see in the world are not disconnected from my life Uh, and uh, that, uh, you know, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, uh, you know, once said that, you know, evil passed between our hearts, not just in this state or that state or left or right. Uh, It it passes through my heart as well, through every human heart. And I think that's the starting point. And we need the resources to to provoke these questions inside of us uh, so that we can begin to live in greater reality about what's wrong with the world.
0: It's so rich. It's so helpful. Um, it is not. Uh, it, it is not a journey for the faint of heart, but it is a journey for those who want to be strengthened in their walk of faith. Good and beautiful and kind, becoming whole in a fractured world. Rich. Um, there's still going to be conflict, and so uh, uh, talk about that. It's. It's not that everything is going to become roses well or if it does it's you know we got to remember that there are thorns talk with us about the reality that we're going to continue to live in a world that is in many ways not good not beautiful and unkind but that's not who we are going to be in the midst of it
2: yeah i think there's two things i would say number one is in some cases conflict is inevitable Mm -hmm. I have conflict with myself about what I'm going to have for breakfast. I mean, so there's, there's regular conflicts we're having. Conflict is not necessarily a sign of unhealth. I think to never have conflict uh, might be a sign that there's something wrong because we're human beings. We have different, we see the world differently. We have different experiences. I think the question though, is what do we do with our conflict? Uh, Do we further exacerbate fractures in our society or do we move towards one another in love and in humility and in understanding and in listening and i think that's what this book is trying to get at it's not trying to um uh give this false promise that uh you know one day there'll be no conflict listen only christ can make that happen when christ comes again Uh, but in the meantime there will be conflict is not necessarily a sign of unhealth yet we are called to respond to it in ways that promote goodness, beauty, and kindness. And I think that's the hope before us.
0: Amen. Rich, it's such a gift. Thank you so much um, for the conversation today, for the beautiful book, Good and Beautiful and Kind, Becoming Whole in a Fractured World. You guys can check in with Rich um, online, access not only this, but other resources and connect with him on social media. Just go to com. Rich, thank you, my brother. We really appreciate so much, it. Carmen. Yeah, thanks for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, if, uh, if you are interested in doing so, you can, um, you can not only join the conversation, but you can access a copy of the book um, by entering the drawing that we have going on today. Text the word book to 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. All right, here's a name for you, Chris Mason. Chris Mason, you're gonna say to yourself, "I don't think I know a Chris Mason." Well, man, he's a brother that you're gonna want to know. You're gonna want to know about. You're gonna want to fan the flame of this idea. Um, You and I have been talking about and certainly praying for, actively engaged in supporting the people of Ukraine. Um, We've also been praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ in Belarus. I have a new prayer. Concern um, related to that today to share with you. I want to invite you to pray for Pastor Vitali, And then I want you to pray for the wife of another pastor. Her name is Lena. Both Pastor Vitali and Lena have been arrested. They're being held without explanation for their alleged support of pro-democracy protests some five years ago. So this is a brother and a sister in Christ in Belarus that I'm inviting you to pray for by name today. Um, Chris Mason is a guy who lives in Peoria, Illinois, and um, he works for a a company that's a Catholic health system there in government relations. His seven-year-old daughter, when watching the events in Ukraine, said, how can we help? How can we help? And Chris put on his thinking cap and said, we can help by reaching out and inviting people to give ambulances. And uh, they've now supplied more than a dozen ambulances to Ukraine. You can check the story out at CNN. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at myfaithradio.com.